0: Hello and we're back, back, back again with another episode of Art Mythos.
1: African mythology told through art
0: we're your hosts Solomon and Adra Adra
1: and Solomon Solomon. (laughs) whichever way you want to say it
0: so since it's spooky season we're bringing you our very own spooky edition of Art Mythos
1: thanks to Tariq for suggesting the theme for October It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It
0: really does. So now this episode should be out around Halloween time. So happy Happy Halloween (laughs) Halloween,
1: or whatever you guys say. (laughs) Just a disclaimer, this episode will contain death. Blood. And some scary shit. So you've been warned.
0: (laughs) So we've each found our own scary African mythology figures and folktales that we will be telling you today.
1: Yes, we will. So
0: So Solomon's going to kick things off with his scary African mythology figure. I'm excited
1: Mm, to see who that is. Yeah, let's find out. Okay, so in honour of spooky season, I'm going to tell you about a powerful group of Loire Mm -hmm. called the Gaide clan. The Loire are spirits of the African diasporic region mm-hmm. of Haitian voodoo. Nice. Most of the deities are derived from traditional regions of West Africa, mostly the Fon and the Yoruba. See,
0: my people. Yeah, as always. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're everywhere, isn't it. I know. <laughs> the Gaide are categorised as cycle pumps, which, weird word, right? I love it. Psychopumps. It psycho-pump. sounds like a <laughs> music genre. <laughs> yeah, psychopunk. Yeah. So it's psychopumps, um, which are entities yeah. who no- who are normally responsible for escorting the deceased deceased souls from Earth to the afterlife. Nice. So, like Hermes in the Greek religion. Yeah. Valkyries in Norse and Anubis in the ancient Egyptian religion. Okay. So. They are normally celebrated on the 2nd of November called Fate Guy Day, also known as All Souls Day. Nice. So that's very close to Halloween, isn't it? It's like two days. Yeah, it's like day. two
0: days after Halloween. Yeah, yeah that's so cool.
1: See the sim- similarities there. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, because, sorry, because I just thought, um, because Halloween is literally like the day where the dead are like on Earth. And isn't this, wait, is this, what's this day? Is it like when they're bringing dead people to.
1: We're gonna find out. Aren't
0: okay. We? All right.
1: cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm gonna first tell you about the known Gaide and short myths attached to them.
0: Yep, I'm ready.
1: <sighs> Let's go. So, it all began with two brothers, Papa Gaide and Gaide Babako. Both brothers were short and of dark complexion. Mm. As it happens, Papagaide was the first of all mortal men to die. Mm. This was particularly because of his custom to smoke cheap cigars.
0: Smoking kills.
1: (laughs) It was a natural death which created a new life path for him. Solemnly, Papagaide was buried. By his loving family, with his favorite hi hat. Oh, huh, that's and very clothes.
0: thoughtful. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he died with his with his dripping. In
0: his Sunday best, as they say.
1: hmm Nice. So upon entering his new path, yeah, Papa Guide, just as loving and happy in death as he had been in life, discovered that he could read the thoughts of people. I hear dead people. <laughs> This drew him to the sick and to the sick children. Yeah. Being so close to death, they reveled in the time that they had left, extracting every last bit of joy that they could find. Papa Gaide appreciated this revelry, refusing to take a single soul from his earthly body before it was time. Oh. He's nice, isn't
0: he? He's like a um, Grim Reaper kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but like a really like nice, a nice Grim, Reaper. Grim Reaper.
0: Like in The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy.
1: That's that's <laughs> the one. That's, that's definitely the one.
0: He was definitely a Jamaican, that guy. <laughs> 100%. <laughs>
1: so random. <laughs> so, as he took each soul, yeah. he asked them about their lives and l- loves often giving them a chance to say goodbye to those that they left behind. It was then Papa Gaide discovered that he could also hear the thoughts of the dead. Mm. So, when his brother, Ngaide Babako, died, his family dressed him in his very best evening clothes, mm. a hat, for he was very particular about his personal appearance. He said, I want to look fly when I die. Oh, okay. So, awakened to see Papa Gaide, the two brothers rejoiced. Seeing seeing how overworked Papa Gaide was, Gaide Babaco decided then and there to help him out. Wearing his sunglasses and cane, Gaide Babaco took charge of the crossroads or the gateway that leads all souls to the home of the dead. Oh, okay. So it's very similar to the ideas and concepts of death that um we see in the animated movie Coco. Um, yes,
0: yes. Yeah.
1: yes. So they, they had like a really interesting concept of yeah. know, death and you know visiting the dead. Yeah, and that's
0: such a The movie. whole
1: Mexican culture. But this is Haitian, but it's very similar, similar. In, in culture mm. to how they respect or how they interact with the dead. Yeah. Nice. So Gaide Nibo, is another one, Ooh, okay. in life was this handsome man with his purple shirt and black riding coat. He inspired an intense magnetism that neither man nor woman was immune to. As a result of this lustful trait. Mm -hmm. He was the first person to die by violence. Oh, okay. (laughs) Becoming the patron of those who died by unnatural causes. This includes disasters, accidents, misfortune, and violence. Having died before his time, Gaide Nibo, feels immense compassion for those who died in unnatural ways mm. his kind heart is often moved by the souls he guides oh
0: uh-huh.
1: for those whose bodies are yet to be find, found found guided often sends his horses to give their voices calling to the living in hopes of aiding the disease there's deceased recovery so mm. like to help them find the bodies of the dead
0: oh that's nice and
1: um so he is He's even been known to guard the graves of those whose burial place, places were unknown.
0: Like serial killers that hide bodies and never say where they
1: hid the bodies. Yeah, so he, you know, guards them so that um, before the family finds them. That's, that's
0: nice, nice isn't to it?
1: know. So these like, like these these guides are really nice. Yeah, that's uh, nice they're to really know. Nice, yeah, but, yeah. Um, guided Linto was only five foot tall and he was very old so here's another one yeah, yeah. wearing his old-fashioned black hat um, that seemed to melt into his dark chocolate brown skin mm. he sat around telling stories about the two brothers you know the first two brothers yeah and one day he warned all that there was a great destructive storm that was coming to any who would listen to his warning guide Lin- linto told them the best way to prepare six months later when Gaide Lorage brought a great storm appearing to many who died and taking them to the afterlife. So Guy de Linto had died at that point in time. Yeah. yeah. Funnily, the docile old gentleman was remembered, prayed to and thanked by those who weathered the storm well. Because obviously he warned all those people that the storm was coming. Right. So they you know, thanked him and remembered yeah. him and prayed to him. Yeah. And so hearing those stories, Guided Linto with his walking cane and wearing his glasses performed miracles for the orphaned children, ensuring that you know they were placed in good, caring hands. Mm. Even now, when Guided Linto smells trouble, coming six months ahead, he goes and offers preparation and prevention. If you listen hard and take heed, mm. he will guide you through your troubles.
0: That's nice. Mm-hmm. Oh. Second
1: to last, is Gaide Dubai. Ooh, Dubai. So, Gaide Dubai had always been able to hear spirits. When she died.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't expecting she. This. I was expecting them to be she.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. When she died, people grieved not only for the loss of her, but also for the loss of her gift. All of her life, Gaide Dubai had used her gift of clairvoyance to aid the healing of family and friends who were having trouble letting go of you know the past and of the dead believing that someone was still needed to perform such a task she gave her gifts of clairvoyance to the people however this failed to work the way she had intended because some of the people she gave the gifts of clairvoyance to sought to of join the spirits of the dead so instead of just you know being able to like um you know communicate with mm. those dead to get closure. Mm. They said, no, nah, I want to be with you guys in it. So um it became an issue because they spent more time with the dead than the living. Right, okay. So thus it was Gaide Brave who became the guardian of the cemeteries and graves. Someone had to ensure that the souls of the dead remained and the souls of the living stayed out. Mm. As much as Gaide Brave loved all who showed proper respect, he wishes for everyone to live the life that they were given. After all, you cannot live two lives at the same time. Mm. So just wait your turn and move on to the afterlife. So, as you can see, there's a few characters in the Day clan.
0: Yep, just a few. Just a
1: few. <laughs> All referring to the dead and death itself. And so to celebrate Fate's Day, people will put on their Sunday best and go to church first thing in the morning to pray. Mm-hmm. Then they'll go home and put on um, a regalia of the several Day. So they'll put on outfits that, you know, relates to the Ooh. different Is that Gaide's. what regalia means? yeah so it's okay. like different outfits or okay. costumes or motifs of the yeah different guy days. okay so an outfit can be as simple as a white blouse and skirt and, pu- and purple neck scarf or can include a black top hat and nails a baton and a cane um a red bandana or multicolored necklaces
0: basically anything you have in your closet that's um,
1: that sort of
0: that's know, red um, or purple
1: yeah so it sort of reminds me of you know the guy in The Princess and the Frog you know the guy that's like I got friends on the other side the evil side. guy yeah yeah okay yeah him it's, yeah I, I think he, he did voodoo as well so yeah he I did do voodoo yeah to, and he talks to dead people so yeah maybe.
0: okay okay maybe he's a guy though eh?
1: yeah mm-hmm Okay. so it's also common to wear makeup, painting half of the face white um, with black around the eyes, oh. or even dusting the face with flour. Once dressed, celebrants go to town, go to the town cemetery, where um, those who ancestors, um, who have ancestors, would clean the tombs of their loved ones and leave food for them in remembrance.
0: Nice. Very unrelated, quickly.
1: hmm <laughs>
0: There's this TikTok account of someone who cleans
1: tombs. Oh that one that you keep. Yeah watching. <laughs> I used to watch it so,
0: like it's so satisfying but like so she cleans like different tombs that are like have been forgotten about, like literally hundreds of years old. And she like finds out who the person was and tells their story. So it's very interesting.
1: Yeah I think and then
0: we are like looking through graveyards. I yeah. think
1: the guiders will love her, you
0: know? Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah so those are the characters or characters for the guy day nice um, not exactly scary but it's related mm-hmm. to Halloween yeah. and the cultural similarities of the celebration so people dress up as the guy days yeah it's cool it's almost the same way people cool. dress up for Halloween yeah. in costumes
0: yeah and it so, yeah. reminds me
1: of the whole day of the dead
0: thing as you said so it's mm-hmm. cool love it Cinco
1: de Mayo Cinco de Mayo that's it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so now I am going to be telling you about the most dangerous vampiric being in the world, known as Adzi.
1: Adzi, fam. Adzi.
0: It
1: sounds like a street name. Adzi. Well,
0: you don't want this guy to be in the streets. Okay, so now this being is seen in Ewe folklore, which is popular in the people of Tongo and Ghana and West Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm just going to start off by giving you a general description of Adzi so, Adzi is a type of vampire creature that can transform itself into a variety of insects that are seemingly harmless but hard to capture. So these are insects like mosquitoes, beetles, fireflies...
1: So or, it's just a nuisance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes just balls of light, so you know, just those little annoying insects.
1: Right, okay. Yeah.
0: So, but however, if you were ever able to capture an Adzi, or adze, I'm gonna say adze. It will turn into a form of human.
1: Ooh. So,
0: like, if you capture it, it'll turn into human. That's how you know it's an adze. Okay. Yeah, okay. It has been said that at night, the adze will slip through keyholes, under windows, or around closed doors and suck blood from people as they sleep, causing the victim to fall sick and die. So, you know, great instant, yeah. Some people do think that the tales of this creature and its effects were probably an attempt to describe the deadly effects of mosquitoes and malaria. So you know back in the day when like mosquitoes were like biting people, you get mosquito bites in parts of Africa, you get malaria as a result and then most people would die. Mm-hmm. So this was like some people are saying that the adze is just like people's way of interpreting what was going on back in the day yeah, before they sense. knew what it was. That makes sense. But from research that I've done, it seems to go way deeper than just the tale to explain a deadly disease. Like, um, I did some research, I'm not gonna lie, it was a bit scary. <laughs> like, you know when they like, research something and you're thinking, this is actually real life. Like, it? I came across yeah. some like, real accounts of people being like, um, so there was this one like, um, article I was reading about someone who was also looking into the Adze, mm-hmm. and they were trying to interview people, and they were like, yeah, so I wanted to interview this priest, but he was like, oh, I can't interview you anymore because after I decided to interview, I had this dream and the Adzai came to me in the dream. Nope. And they said, nope. I was like, hey, what? <laughs> so for centuries, the Adzai has been feared because there is no potion, spell or weapon that can ward one off it. And there's no cure for if you've been bitten. So the adze will either drain the person of life or possess them. There's no if, but, and end You're either gonna die or get possessed. So you're co-signing yourself to madness or misery, if not both, if, if you ever come across an adze, so, It's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy at all. Like, So as I said, they have the power to possess all humans and those that are possessed by an Adse are viewed as witches and often referred to by the Ewa people as Abazodom. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. Abazom. Ibazon? Yeah. So, witch. However, it has been said that the Adze possess women more frequently than men. Mm. So, just like how Western women throughout history are more susceptible to evil, like Eve, Salem witch trials back in the day, according to the Ewe culture, it's the same thing with the Adze. Like, women are more likely to be mm. possessed than men. I don't know why it always has to be women, but you know, mm-hmm. it is. What it is. I guess misogyny. Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> so facts. Talking <laughs> facts. Straight facts.
0: So due to this, it has been said that the adze are drawn to jealousy as in jealous people, people that are jealous. Mm-hmm. So for instance, a woman who appears envious of her husband's other wives. Uh sorry. When I read this, I was like, why does the whole, anyway.
1: Back in the we day. started this wrong. Yeah. Um. It's
0: like what? <laughs> anyway, so, a woman who appears envious of her husband's other wives.
1: Don't be jealous. Is
0: susceptible to the adze. Mind your business. Um, as well as this, a woman who is infertile, um, or a woman who is like um, with an uneven temperament. So I don't know, just someone who gets annoyed, angry. Mm. So yeah, these are all thought to be possessed by an adze. Wow. Yeah. So, on the topic of jealousy, I came across another account that said that Adelaide's effects are usually felt by the possessed victim's family or whoever the victim is jealous of. So, you're not safe. (laughs) If someone's jealous of you and they're possessed, you're not safe, you know what I mean? So, for example, with old people, if they're young in a tribe or in in um, in in a culture, in a village, started dying if the young people started dying suddenly while the old people were staying alive then that would be said that an old person has been possessed by the adze mm-hmm. because you know they're jealous of the young people and they want to stay young the same thing about the poor who envied the rich and a common one is women who feared their brother's children would fare better than their own so uh, if you have some aunties that are like mm, Auntie, you're doing better than your cousins you better watch out because you know uh,
1: okay. why can't you be like xyz exactly
0: so you know how i said women are more susceptible to the possession of the adze well can you guess whose blood the adze enjoys most of all because as i said they sometimes turn into mosquitoes who like to suck the blood of people so who's blood like do you to suck blood Whose <laughs> blood
1: they like men's blood don't
0: they no <laughs> sorry guys well okay so although the adze they do prey on men and women they enjoy the blood of children most of all like children so apparently the adze have a taste for the blood of the innocent children are most likely the innocent out of everybody I see. yeah I see. I see. so one accounts even said that they are hunters of children and only children and they especially like to feed on infants because they're literally the innocent the pinnacle of innocence yeah yeah which is a bit so however though they can also feed on palm oil and coconut water and sometimes they raid a village's entire supply of these but they do become dangerously weak if they do not feed on the blood of children according to one account that i read
1: wow
0: so it's like they have to feed on the blood of children
1: was this and a way of like explaining why children are dying? Like
0: maybe. Yeah, way. maybe. Back in the day, that was just the way of them trying to cope with it. Um, the good news though is that um, an Adze can sustain itself without needing to kill any child, mm. so it can just take the blood of a child and move on without having to kill it. Like take so all the. So it's of by it
1: choice from. that they couldn't.
0: Yes, it's by choice and by will to survive. So. If they are, like, deterred or dissatisfied from feeding for a long enough period, they become ravenous and they just go into this frenzy for blood. And that's when they kill. And obviously, people are trying to ward off Adze. So as long as they keep to with them off, the more ravenous they become, and the more likely they are to kill people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So often when an Adze reaches this stage of hunger, even the victims who survive become infected with a deadly disease that eventually kills them. Yeah. So you know that's pretty like lose-lose situation type thing.
1: They should just go to the blood bank. <laughs> wow. <Well.
0: laughs> I mean, if rural villages have blood banks, then yeah. <laughs> so um, while there is little that can be done to fight the ADSI, there may be a few ways to free yourself from its pos- to free yourself from its possession. So there are a few ways. Okay. There's light in the tunnel for some people. So. Some people believe that the only way to defeat an say, is to force it out of its host and into a quasi human form. So, this form is like a hunchback creature with talons and jet black skin. So, they believe that one of the only ways to defeat an Aze is to force it out of the person that's possessed and into this weird looking creature. And then they can kill this creature. Mm-hmm. And that's how. I command! <laughs> So, obviously, this sounds very difficult as a method to get rid of the Adze, because even as, as they has transformed into this creature, it's very agile and extremely dangerous. So, if you do manage to get it out of the host into this quasi-human future, creature is hard to kill.
1: I'm like a whippet.
0: <laughs> can't catch me. You can't catch me, I'm like a whippet. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so obviously the more common method is um, one that came out of the post-Christian invasion. So I'm guessing this is like post-slavery where Western religion began to take over traditional religions and beliefs. So, you know, those colonizers over there. So this method is considered to be more effective and a bit easier. So it's more familiar to anyone who knows the Christian theology of possession and Everything that goes around yeah. that. Yeah. So this method is vigorous prayer. So that's another way. Prayer
1: warriors. There's Ten. prayer
0: warriors. Like so, there have been several counts of deliverance sessions aimed at expelling the Azay and potential witches from congregations. Yeah. So this take place in the form of an intensive prayer session and also exorcisms. So, you know, that's how you can get an adze out. I'm beginning to think, like, an adze is just a, another form of demon that's possessed someone. Yeah. If you think about, you know, the exorcism of, like, what's the name, Emily Rose, those movies, The Exorcist, mm. like...
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um,
0: yeah, it, it just reminds me of all of that. But yeah, no matter the adze's form of reason for attack, no one is safe from the tug of jealousy, the weight of sadness, or the bite of a mosquito. So y'all aren't safe. If you're jealous, you're not safe. If you are bitten by a mosquito, not safe.
1: Mm. And that's the say Moral of the story. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Watch your business that pays you.
0: And the say will still come to get you. They're not safe.
1: There's no moral of the story.
0: There's no moral of the story because the story ain't over. <laughs> because the think in this comment
1: mm. but yeah
0: that's it that's the ad wow
1: um yeah
0: scary stuff
1: vampires in it
0: yeah because he likes to suck the blood
1: I just love to suck blood
0: yeah so yeah
1: yeah <laughs> So, I'm going to talk about my um, African folklore or myth.
0: Yeah, spooky season edition.
1: Spooky season edition. Okay, so you know some of those stories that low-key scare you a lot more than they should? Yes. Well, this is one of them for me. So, today we take a trip to South Africa to tell you the stories about the Tokoloshi a small group of terrifying creatures that basically destroy your ability to have a restful night's sleep.
0: I don't like where this is going.
1: Honestly. <laughs> I don't want to
0: hear this, guys. It's a, lot. Yeah. Hear this. It's a lot. I don't want to hear this. It's a lot. I don't want to hear this.
1: So, the Tokoloshi are creatures from the Zulu mythology that live in South Africa. They are said to to attack you in your sleep, and are said to be a part of the reason why many people in the Zulu culture sleep with their beds raised off the floor. No. <laughs> and as I was researching these things, I thought, okay, let me look for myths some folklore stories about them. Tell me why I could only find accounts of people's experiences with them. As in they are very real to this to the people today. As I in to this day. I can't do this. As in, I'm looking at news articles with them inside. Okay, so like,
0: what possessed you to pick this <laughs> as something to say? When like what?
1: You know when you start something, you're like, no, ooh, interesting. No. And you just keep reading. And I didn't have enough time to find another um myth, so this is what we're stuck with, okay? <laughs> okay so although the te- the tokoloshis are described physically in dif- different in different ways um, one constant seems to be their small size sometimes they are described around this as, as like small humanoid creatures um, like gremlins and other times they're described as more primate like baboons type creatures these creatures are malevolent and very dangerous Reports claim that they crawl into sleep in people's rooms and cause all kinds of havoc from simply scaring them all the way to choking them to death with their long, bony fingers.
0: Yeah, it's a no from me. I just cannot. Uh, like, you know, I love my horror. I love my scary I stuff. I thought you'd love this show. I would watch crime documentaries for days. I'd watch scary movies for fun. But when it comes to sleep, is a no, I can't.
1: Soz, yeah. So, <clears throat> it seems to particularly enjoy scaring children. Okay, let's go. Cool. Often leaving them with long scratches on their bodies. One way to keep the, to- the tokoloshi at bay is to put bricks underneath the legs of one's bed. <laughs> um, so, as I said earlier, um, so this will put you out of reach and hopefully out of harm's way after the tokoloshi. However, this only protects the person using said bed and it might instead cause havoc on the other people not involving said person.
0: Wait, so if you put bricks under your bed, it only protects someone, the, pe- the people the on that bed? The person on that bed. The person that put yeah. the bricks there? Yeah. Or
1: the people that are on the bed. Whoever's on the bed. Okay. Or will go to whoever else in the it, house. In the house. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. So the tokoloshi is a mischievous and evil spirit
0: mm-hmm. that
1: can become invisible by swallowing a pebble. Mm-hmm. Tokoloshis are called upon by malevolent and evil people to cause trouble for others. And, it's least har- um, and at its least harmful, a tokoloshi can be used to scare children but its power extends to causing illness and even death upon its victims. The penis of a tokoloshi is said to be so long that it's slung over its shoulders and it's sometimes involved in stories of wet dreams, sleep paralysis and rape.
0: Wait... Yeah.
1: According to legends, the only way to truly destroy a tokoloshi is to find and destroy the Muti left by the sangoma, which is a witch, which gives the tokoloshi its power. So it's like a voodoo doll sort of thing. Mm. But the much, the muti um, is a term for traditional African medicine. Um, but muti supposedly used for the creation of tokoloshi involves a selection of oils, herbal balms, and body parts of various animals. Yeah. This mixture is buried close to the house of the person the sangoma wishes the tokoloshi to attack okay in 2009 oh. there were many widespread cases of female human-sized tokoloshi who claimed to have the name Shini. this has yet to be dismissed as a hoax uh...
0: so it's
1: still very real so one explanation for the tokoloshi and why it has such a prominent and terrifying creature um, that only attacks when people are sleeping, Mm. was a very real terrifying reasons for the creation of this creature. Okay. And the reason why, to understand it, we must understand the sleeping arrangements of the people. Yes, I'm going to give you a lecture on architecture. So, as mentioned before, they raised their beds in an important way to combat the tokoloshi. Traditionally, many South Africans in areas rife with tokoloshi myths slept on grass mats encircling a warm wood fire that would keep them warm during the bitter winter nights. Right. However, sometimes healthy people would inexplicably be found dead in the morning. Okay. Why? Well, the tokoloshi, of course. But there's a theory that sleeping close to the fire in their homes might have depleted the oxygen levels that filled the homes with um, carbon dioxide. Yeah. So as it's heavier than pure air, it would sink to the bottom of the home where people slept. Thus, seemingly healthy people, and sometimes entire families would be found dead. So that's so, carbon
0: monoxide? poisoning. Was-
1: mean, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Carbon monoxide, so
0: not the circulation.
1: Yeah. So a parallel would be found between those with elevated sleepers and the lack of death. So the tokoloshis was told as a story forewarning those who slept close to the ground and the fire. And baboons or lemurs were probably local to the area, hence tokoloshi. What kept away the tokoloshi would also keep away death of carbon monoxide. So, it? I wish I could stop there, but there's a there was a very interesting account of the Tokoloshi that I heard in the snarled YouTube channel. A, a story from a listener that scared me fam. And I'm directing you to the channel to go listen to it, because I feel like I won't do it justice, but I will give you an abridged version. Okay. It tells the story of a girl that they're calling Diana. From is this the true story? Yes. Okay. So it tells of a story of a girl called Diana from Pretoria, <laughs> South Africa, um, who moved to a remote village um, where they really believed in Tokoloshi. They told her of the Tokoloshi and that they were conjured um, when e- an enemy places a hex on you, so like evil eye. Mm-hmm. They crawl from the wetlands and shapeshift until they get to your bedroom now she noticed the only weird thing about her new house was that at dawn a woman in black walks around the streets Mm -hmm. so you see for me this is a red flag mom dad let's go yeah we're not living here so now her mattress was on the floor because they were waiting um for a new bed frame to arrive yeah again again (laughs) so one night as she slept Something bit her on her big toe. Oh Lord, i She looked to see it and saw nothing, thinking it might just have been rats. The next night she laid mouse traps and went to sleep again. As she drifted off to sleep, she felt a strange surge of pain in her legs. Mm-hmm. As she opened the covers, she saw a tiny gremlin like creature gnawing on her foot with with sharp, bloody teeth. She screamed, and as her parents came to check on her, the creature escaped the room in a shroud of night. When she tried to explain it, her parents, um, to her parents, they thought that she was just making a scene to get attention, yeah. as had been as she'd done that when she was younger. Anyway, so they patched her up on the toe and told her go back to sleep. At school the next day, her friends said. She was lucky to be awake, Ooh. because when they sink their teeth into you, they also paralyze you and give you an illness. Also, they can only be seen by those who are t- who they're targeting. Fam, it sounds like the worst sleep paralysis you would ever get.
0: Yeah, I
1: do Fam. The friend also said, um, those who um, said whoever put an X on her. Um, or would there be anyone that could put next on her? Obviously, she's new to the place, so why would someone hate her already? Yeah. Um, she said, n- you know, no one would. Um, the only weird thing was that per- that woman in black walking around her house yeah. at night. Anyway, he said maybe just get to higher ground. So she asked her parents to prop her bed on four chairs. She drifted to sleep, hoping that she would have a good night's sleep, but no. As she drifted to sleep, she felt a chump on her feet, ripping flesh. She shrieked for help, but it was too late. The tokoloshi had paralyzed her. (sighs) Luckily, her parents did hear something and came to the room um, at the sound of the noise. Um, But they didn't see it and it escaped again. (sighs) Yeah. They were angry at the girl for waking her up um Um,
0: okay so
1: they were so pissed so she was pissed and looked out the window and saw the woman in black getting some of the feeling back in her legs she ran outside and asked the woman do we have a problem the woman in black slowly and deeply said yes you are in my house the house I was forced to sell to your parents as my husband died. So she was in black, because she was a widow. Makes yeah. sense. Um, so the girl felt bad, but she said, it's not my fault though. Get your money up, sis. Yeah, it's that not my happened, fault, couldn't you know. keep up the finances. So take the hex off of me. The woman smiled and said, if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. The girl went to sleep and felt the hex was lifted. She drifted off to sleep happily, but in the dead of night, she heard screams from her parents' room. As she ran, she saw an invisible force slashing on her parents' feet relentlessly. And then she realized that the witch had taken the hex off of her, but it would forever torment her parents. The end.
0: And this is a true story.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's not something you want to think about when you have sleep paralysis.
0: No, I get Um, that a lot as well.
1: (laughs) But yeah, that is the story of the Tokoloshi from South Africa.
0: Yeah, well,
1: good luck to everybody sleeping tonight. (laughs) You said you wanted scary stories. I delivered. I delivered. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I will be sleeping uh, on i have been watching ground. a lot of
0: Spongebob before <laughs> I go
1: to bed yeah I literally need to like watch bear cartoons now because what the hell was this the right. research wasn't easy yeah it's a no for me <laughs> okay, well uh, on to my story your turn I hope it is as scary actually no I hope it's not as scary um, because the South Africans still like fear this to this day yeah and there's still stories of them like bear stories well
0: we'll see Okay. Hey. So <laughs> let me tell you about the man eating tree of Madagascar.
1: Damn, Madagascar.
0: Madagascar. So Madagascar is actually the world's second largest island country after Indonesia. And you may know it from the popular franchise movie, Madagascar. At least that's where I kind of know it from, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just a bit of background in from Madagascar. going to delve in a bit deeper into the island. Mm-hmm. So it's actually home to many unusual creatures, mm-hmm. like the satanic leaf-tailed geckos, which are these scary-looking creatures with amazing camouflage abilities. So let me... For the purpose of the podcast, I'm just showing Solomon what these geckos look like, just so you have an idea, yeah? Okay, I'm interested. Okay, looks Ooh, like. okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're very scary-looking, and they often resemble a dead leaf. Mm-hmm. So that's a satanic gecko.
1: That's an autumn gecko <laughs>
0: Um... So Madagascar is also home to the eye eyes. <laughs> hey, hey! Hey, hey! <laughs> Which are these scary-looking lemurs? Uh-huh. I can't lie. When I was like Googling them, I wasn't prepared. I defo would not like to cross one of these in real life. Nah. Like their eyes are BD. They're just very, very scary. Um,
1: like any lemur looking thing does not.
0: <sighs> I just screenshotted it on my phone, sad. yeah. I do not want that. It's ugly. Okay and also they're also home to like these giant jumping rats so the description is in the name they're like fat rats that look like the same size as baby rabbits and i actually read that they do grow into rabbit size so imagine a rat as big as a rabbit yeah and they jump
1: ew yeah like kangaroos
0: uh not quite like kangaroos they just jump high not like rats but not like
1: not rats (laughs) so
0: So yeah Um, but unfortunately They are endangered Due to habitat loss And slow reproduction
1: Good riddance
0: I actually find it quite sad When I read that A species is endangered Because it's like It's the last one If the last one dies Then It's like they never existed Just just wiped from the planet It's like that Isn't that sad though?
1: <laughs> okay well he <laughs>
0: doesn't find it sad But yeah species Save our endangered
1: species people
0: So anyway yeah If they're
1: cute yeah they okay, serve privacy, yeah. Okay, I'll give a Peter don't do come for me. <laughs> yeah. Peter, don't come for me.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Madagascar is home to a wide range of unusual and scary creatures. But for many years, the strangest form of life on the island has believed to be this man eating tree. Ooh. Yeah, so this is actually based on somewhat a true story. So you know, be scared, be prepared, because we're in for a while, right? So, in 1874, a German explorer called Karl Lecce published an article in the New York World where he spoke about his travels to Madagascar, where, amongst other terrifying creatures like I mentioned earlier, he encountered a tree. Kay. A tree? A tree? <laughs> so, this tree was being worshipped by a primitive tribe called Makodo. Um, he described this tribe as ones that lived in caves. They didn't wear clothes and they had no religion beyond paying reverence to the sacred tree. Hmm. He also mentioned that no one in this tribe stood taller than 56 inches, so this is about four foot six. So they were all quite short. Damn. You can imagine, yeah. Okay. Yeah, imagine that tribe, yeah. So this tree, he said, was near a stream, and he described it in great detail. So just prepare your minds for this. Miraculous detail description of a tree. So imagine a pineapple, but it's eight foot high and it's quite thick. And resting on the base of this are just loads of leaves. So this is what the trunk of the tree looks like.
1: Oh,
0: Not a pineapple, <laughs> because get eaten. <laughs> but yeah, so this is what the tree looked like. A eight foot tall um, pineapple with loads of leaves on the bottom. That's just the trunk. Mm-hmm. Just the trunk of a tree. Yeah? Okay. And the highest point of the tree hung eight leaves that literally went all the way to the ground. And he said that these leaves were like doors but slung back on their hinges, so like open doors. That's how big the leaves were. And the leaves were about 11 or 12 feet long from the top to the ground. Yeah. And they were shaped like what he said a century plant is shaped like. So if you Google it, a century plant is basically like a long, thin, plant with like, leaves that are longer and thin and pointy at the end. Kind of like um, that one, yeah. Mm. So he said that these leaves were hanging limp and lifeless and were like a dead green color. But in the apex of this tree was a round white concave figure that looked like, you know, when you put like a small plate on top of a bigger plate and it creates that kind of circle and a circle type of vibe. Mm. That's what it looked like in the apex of the tree. So he said, this wasn't a flower, but a receptacle with a clear treacly liquid honey sweet property to it. So it was like oozing this sweet honey type liquid from the, yeah, so it was like, oh, okay. And he said underneath the rim of this was a series of long, hairy green trendles stretched in every direction towards the horizon. So it was a kind of interesting looking tree. If you can imagine what I've just described in your head, it's not a typical tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he goes on to actually describe this in his article in even more detail, but hopefully, you get the gist. It just didn't look like a normal tree. So, Lecce the explorer claimed that his observation of the tree was actually cut short by the Mikadosh tribe, who started shrieking wildly around the tree. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, yes. what Solomon said. And thus, an eating ritual began. Mmm. Mm-hmm. You could you say that, but mm-hmm. let's hear what the ritual was, okay? So the Mikados tribe began to surround one woman using javelins while chanting, Tepe, Tepe, Tepe. And they forced this woman to climb to the top of the tree, this long, tall tree. They forced her to climb to the top of the tree until she reached that apex that I described earlier. And yeah, they then began to chant, Tsk tsk tsk, 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 which means drink, drink, drink. So the woman then began to drink this streakly fluid that I described, you know, the honey-like fluid. And then suddenly, the slender leaves of the tree came alive. They quivered, and then with what the explorer called a demonic intelligence, the tree suddenly coiled around her neck and arms. Like, what the hell?
1: Uh, what? Sounds like
0: hentai. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so the woman screamed, but the tree would only grip her tighter and tighter, strangling her until her cries became a gurgled moan. The, contra- about right. <laughs> the way I'm just ignoring this guy. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. The contraction of the tendrils caused the fluid of the tree to stream down its trunk. Mixing with the blood and oozing viscera of the victim. How nasty is that? Damn. Like, the treacly honey mixing with the blood and viscera of the victim, like just mm-hmm. trailing down the tree.
1: That must be quite interesting to see. What do you think? No.
0: Very disgusting.
1: Oh, you know? blood and
0: honey, honey and viscera, like just little like parts of the you, of oh, the human oh. oozing. Anyway, the just then rushed forward. You would like this, wouldn't you? And they began to drink the mixture of blood and the tree fluid. <laughs> they began to drink the mixture of blood and tree fluid and then apparently ensued in a grotesque and indescribably hideous orgy.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was it. not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow. So condo stripe?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, none of that, none of that. So, Lechi studied this tree for three months, not three months, three weeks. And during this time, he found several other smaller variations of the tree in the forest that he was searching.
1: Sounds like he was enjoying.
0: So, he even saw one of these trees eat a Lima. So, you know that disgusting lemur that I. Okay, not disgusting because it's endangered, whatever. But yeah, no, it was actually the rat. Wasn't it? Anyway, yeah. So, he even saw one of these trees eat a Hmm. Yeah. So, this tree actually kind of reminded me of the musical Little Shop of Horrors. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't
1: actually. <laughs> little
0: Shop. Little Shop of Horrors. Bum, shi, bum. No? No. <gasps> okay, yeah. To be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if not many people know it. I'm only really aware of it because my brother was in the play where they did Little Shop of Horrors, like, ages ago. Like, I'm talking about my Matt Olderbiber. Oh,
1: what part Kay. was he?
0: I don't it was one of the main parts. He was either the plant, like, the cannibal plant, or the, the main character guy.
1: <laughs> I'm a tree.
0: <laughs> no, but it's actually a main part. It's the cannibal plant. Like, he's the main character. <laughs> Like, yeah, so I think I, wa- I watched the movie adaptation like a while ago, but it's a great musical about a plant which resembles a Venus flytrap. You mm. know, the, the Venus flytrap that actually eat flies. Yeah. Um, so this plant is in a florist shop and it feeds on human blood and it gains the ability to speak and begins demanding the florist assistant to feed it. And as the florist feeds it humans, it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. It's, it's literally a really good musical. I mean... I can't believe you haven't heard it.
1: That doesn't sound like...
0: Little shop, little shop of Paris. No?
1: I'm a plant and I mean humans.
0: <laughs> Suddenly see more. You haven't heard of any of that? Nope. Wow.
1: <laughs> you but... <fine.
0: laughs> On my own here. Okay, we should watch that musical. But yeah, so that is, yeah, the story of the man-eating tree of Madagascar. It was basically an account of some German explorer that came across this tribe who he saw like do this ritual where they fed a human woman to the tree. Mm. Yeah. And apparently it's based on a true story.
1: I I can actually imagine it to be true because there must be so many different species of fauna that we don't know about. And, you know, it's about time for some of them to be mad vegan because obviously these vegans keep eating them. Wow.
0: Yeah. And this was obviously way back in the late 1800s. And he wrote a whole article about it. So,
1: wow.
0: yeah. Ever since then, people have been going in search of this tree, but I don't know if anyone can find it. But it is a very, he did a very detailed description of the tree that, I feel like, unless you've seen it, how can you describe something like that? Do you know what I mean?
1: I think he was more interested in the customs around the tree. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Wow. He just winked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's us.
1: Yeah, that is our spooky season. Spooky season, season
0: edition uh, of Art Mythos.
1: Yeah, so... Um, so
0: we really hope you enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, we yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Okay. Enjoying might be a stretch. I've been a bit
0: scared. I'm going I'm to watch cartoons.
1: Um, the next episode, if you see me talking about cartoons and fluffy <laughs> things, um, you know I had to over-correct um, this week's episode. Yeah, yeah. That was not it. It wasn't. But you asked for it and we delivered um, Spooky Again, Season. Again, thank you,
0: Tariq, for this lovely idea. Yeah.
1: We'll defo, um,
0: like, keep this going. Um, obviously, I mean, next Halloween, not
1: forever. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough for a year. But
0: if you did enjoy this Spooky Season episode, please let us know by liking, sharing, and obviously rating us and leaving reviews so mm-hmm. we know if you liked it or not.
1: All of them stuff You know All Just of let us stuff. know Talk to us yeah. You know We want to know What you think About these episodes
0: Yeah
1: Yeah so, so We've it's... had a great time We're going to go Carve some pumpkins, pumpkins yeah know, Halloween up the place A Halloween,
0: bit Halloween you know? On Halloween On foo night <laughs> Do you know that? Um, Timmy Turner not Timmy, Yeah Timmy Turner Ooh. From my um, parents
1: I Yeah I probably
0: Real and scary yeah, 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 yeah. episode of Art
1: Mythos Art Mythos, African Mythology told through art, art by, by Solomon, Solomon and Adra Adra, Adra and Solomon
0: mm. blah 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 thank you with you, pubic